0: Hello and welcome to The Mock Review with Ben and Drew. I'm Ben Garmo. And I'm Drew Evans. Well, Drew, we have a long history on this podcast related to Trial by Combat. Of course, Trial by Combat was pretty much the first thing that we ever covered on this show. Uh, it's such an exciting and interesting tournament that we've both had the opportunity to, uh, to watch and, and coach and, and judge and just sort of see it evolve into such a great tournament. Uh, And of course, this year, just recently, we had what I believe is the sixth iteration of trial by combat. And our champion for 2023 is Travis Harper. Uh, Many of you, of course, know Travis's name. He is a five-time All-American, three times as an attorney, twice as a witness, both for his appearances in the 2022 and 2023 final round. Travis won the national championship with Harvard back in 2022. Uh, If you're interested in hearing about Travis's origin story and all about that championship, you can go all the way back to episode 65, where he and Stella joined us to talk about that. Uh, Travis was a member of the Harvard team that is the 2023 national runner up. And of course, this year, Travis is the trial by combat champion. And we are just so excited to have us Travis Harper back on the podcast to discuss all of that. So Travis, thank you for coming back to chat with us again.
1: Of course. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, we're we're really excited to have you on. And and before we get to uh, this year's trial by combat, we, we, you know, we want to talk about that in lots and lots of detail, right? We have spent time on the show discussing some of the aspects of Harvard's to season. Obviously, Harvard had an unbelievably successful to season coming so, so, so close to being our first repeat champion in, in many, many years and really just having a, a spectacular program wide season. Uh, but as I think many of our listeners are aware, and 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 obviously you are as well, you guys had an interesting circumstance this year where you had your your A-team not qualify for nationals and your B-team qualify for nationals. So can you take us through, you know, we, we can talk about the final round maybe in a, in a minute, but can you just take us through what it was like this year competing for Harvard? Obviously, you're coming off of a national championship, uh, and then just what it was like this year uh, being a member of Harvard Mock Trial?
1: Yeah, of course. I... Yeah, I I think that because one thing that was so particular about our 2022 team um, was that it was so young. Um, We only had one graduating senior at the time, Ellie, who was um, a witness in the final round. Um, And we were returning practically everyone. And I think when you return that many people, There's not just expectations from other people on the like on Harvard's team, because, of course, we want to do well every year and we've proven to ourselves that we're able to do well. So we want to do well again. But I think one thing that was interesting coming into this year was kind of feeling expectations of others about how well we should be doing um, and kind of what ballots we should be losing and what ballots we shouldn't be losing. And obviously, like very first world problems, like, oh, my God, you won the <laughs> national championship. And like now everyone thinks you're good. Like, yeah, like oh, that's how it works, of course. And, I,
2: and I've done that to Dean. Let me get I, out my tiniest violin.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, um, but I think that especially at Orcs, it really did. Um, it really was one of the things on my mind, because I think that obviously qualifying to nationals feels like that really big milestone and everything that happens after then is kind of fair game because nationals is such an achievement. And I think it was just really hard to like, at first deal with the fact that like this a team that was primarily comprised of the exact same people that had won a national championship before couldn't have reached that same milestone um and that was difficult but also at the same time our b team got a bit to nationals and we were deeply excited for them and i remember that like they got their bid first and i was so so like emotional when it happened, um, not knowing exactly what the roster would be at nationals, not knowing who exactly would be competing, um, but genuinely just being so so happy um, for the team and like kind of this depth of talent that we've been able to like I don't know like nourish over the past like three four years, um, and then so obviously that happened. It wasn't ideal, but nevertheless we persisted, and um, the team decided that we were going to restack. Um, moving into nationals. Um, and basically that was a mix of our A-team and our B-team, um, almost half and half. And um, yeah, and I think that the results at nationals kind of spoke for themselves. I think that the team really hit a different gear, especially when we were working together. And like as a graduating, sen- as a senior that year, I really hadn't competed with a lot of the, like the B-team members also because I had taken time off in the fall. And so we were really just forging like new relationships, new ways of writing content, and just kind of going back to like the, a lot of the same work that we had to do my sophomore and junior year and the years before. And I think that it really just all came together. And I especially am like deeply proud of like our freshmen and sophomores that populated that A team from our B team. Cause I think they were deeply talented and like changed so much about like how that team ran and also the content that we came up with. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that it wasn't the expected path, but I think obviously the ending was happy. And um, I, I, I think leaving the team now, I'm just so incredibly grateful that it happened almost because it really does assure to me that like there is like a really strong future on the program. So, yeah.
2: I think that going from winning to runner up and runner up with, as you said, so many young members is about as good as it can look for the future of a program. So I'm I'm very confident that you're right about Harvard's future. But I want to focus on something that you you mentioned kind of offhanded, um, and that's that you took the fall semester off. I, I really I think that it's something that I'm interested to hear a little bit more about. Just you know, you obviously have had such a successful career. you won uh, nationals, you've gotten, I think now five all-American awards. I mean, It's a career that you could have ended last year and always been talked about as one of the greats. So what made you take a a semester off and what made you come back?
1: Yeah, I think that you know mock trial takes a lot of time. I think we all know that. Um, I think we've all have been uh, in practices way longer than we have wanted to um, when we have like so many other things to do. And I think that going into senior year, I just had a lot on my plate um, with like other organizations I was in. And also I was writing a thesis um, that year, also a senior thesis. Um, and I think that on the other hand, we took a lot of new members and because we only run two teams always um it those spots are in the fall for people to learn and do new roles are like really at a premium and honestly when i was captaining in the fall i only I single sided myself as a witness for most of the tournaments because I knew that there were younger members that needed to kind of have the bigger position so they could learn and get experience before the springtime. And I think that this was almost a culmination of that as well. And that like not only did I have lots of things to do that I felt like. Could I could spend my time more usefully in the fall where I I think it really is a time not necessarily to be the most competitive team in the country, but to truly be teaching and learning um, while also not being on exec or leadership of HMTA while simultaneously wanting to let a lot of younger people have a lot more room to just grow and develop and be able to do roles on the team because there's only so many spots that we have um, in the fall for people to do certain things. Um, so it was kind of a mix of both, and I'm happy I did it. I think I needed a little bit of a reprieve, um, <laughs> uh, just a little. But I think that um, it was, I, I remember when I came back from my first tournament in Cubate, it was. I did have that feeling of like, wow, I have missed this a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was it was good, but I think it was very different. I never been I never been in college and not have been, have done mock trial before. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's like I'm just trying to think about what my life would have been like, and I'm I'm remembering those moments and you know i think for some of us this started earlier than others but you know sometimes in march sometimes in april when the season would be over and i'd be like wow i have all these evenings and like nothing going on like <laughs> yeah. i could go out yeah. and like have friends outside of the mock trial team that's right. kind of crazy yeah. <laughs> um so i'm sure that was nice for a semester and i think that as you said it mock trial does take a lot out of us i'm, I'm glad you said it i mean i think it makes a lot of sense and it honestly is impressive to me it takes a lot of uh you know confidence but also humility to be able to say you know i i'm going to give these opportunities to younger members um it, it's more important for the program's success for them to get these roles and i believe in myself but also uh you know want to focus more on mentoring them I, I i my hat is off to you for that um one thing i did want to kind of follow up on though I, you know i think that it's one thing to be you know kind of captaining or witnessing and not be like doing the exact attorney roles you're doing but if you're totally not involved you haven't even like really been running the case that much i imagine there's got to be like at least a little bit of a learning curve. I mean, yeah, you know, Travis, you're Travis, so I, I can understand that. That's us, mere mortals, couldn't understand. But, uh, <laughs> I but I mean, <laughs> br- bring bring yourself down to earth for me. What oh was that first week or so coming back? What was that like? I was I
1: was brought down to earth by by the circumstances already. <laughs> it
2: was it was not the
1: easiest thing coming back. You know, I tried. I was still involved with the program, right? Like our child's, our child's involves using the current AMTA case. And so, um, and it's not like for public use, it's literally just people basically like running practices with the, with the new AMTA case. And also we hosted a tournament, um, that same fall, um, Boston tea party that I wasn't, that I did help out with, um, In terms of running it but honestly i was just like kind of watching rounds um our rounds a lot of the time and um there were just some other um tournaments in boston mumbo jumbo um and in the area that if i was like free and around i was like i'm just gonna go watch these trials i knew i was coming back in the spring so i wanted to know a little bit about the case um but i will say like coming back um it was a little bit of a learning curve especially like like going into case changes and not having kind of the same base of experience trying the case as like the rest of the team. Um especially because like I think on Harvard Montreal we're super adamant about like really arguing about our case theories and like making sure that it's the right one. And like our case theory practices can like last like multiple days, right? (laughs) Um and so I think it was a little bit hard to kind of like get my footing in that sense and try to like justify like what I thought was the right case theory decision without like having as much of like the literal like experience of just seeing the case ran over and over um but I think that in that sense I just had to trust my instincts a lot of the time um but it really was I think for those first two tournaments kind of like Kind of uh, like trial and error, or like at least a little bit, like at least a little bit, like um, do I really know this case? Not as much as like the person that I'm going against, but yeah. we're gonna have to fake it till you make it, you know. <laughs> um, but I think it ended up being fine. By the time we got to regionals, like, and case changes, which like fundamentally changed the case in so many ways, like it basically was a new case after case changes anyway. So, um, I think there was that in terms of the case, and also just like. Mark Charles really like sometimes muscle memory and like if you just haven't said some of those some things in a while like or just like practice some things in a while you're just a little bit rusty so I just have to like you know run through a few a few objection responses a few times like that I usually say like make sure that my procedure is all good just like making sure that like you're not like forgetting any of the little small things that you really do develop after just like doing them over and over and over. And when you don't have time, like if there's a substantial time that we haven't done that, you have to just make sure that you're still doing those things. So it definitely was a little bit of a learning curve, but I think it ended up being fine. I mean, like, I don't know if this was really the reason why it's also because like, I was on a table with really good people all the time, but like, I didn't really award at all until regionals either. Like, (laughs) it was like, one of those things where like, I was really trying to like, get a handle on the case myself and that took, you know, maybe one or two tournaments, but that's okay. Cause regionals and, and beyond is what matters the most. So.
2: Well, I appreciate you, you letting us know about the realities of what it is like to take a semester off. I, I just imagined a situation of all of my students that I've been working with from all the various programs that I, some, for some reason stay involved in. Uh, saying, oh, well, you know, Travis took a semester off. I guess I'll just take a semester off and come back and and I'll go win and be really good at nationals and the rest. So uh, thank you for, for letting us know that, that that is not necessarily a recipe for success.
1: <laughs> You're
2: so
0: welcome, Drew. <laughs> Drew's always looking out for the masses. That's the man of the people right there. Um, <laughs> so Travis, I want to get to TBC in just a moment. because got a lot of interesting stuff to discuss there. But, but just one other sort of thing about uh, this season and your time in, in AMTA generally. So, you know, as I mentioned at the outset, you, you've won several All-Americans and you, of course, over the, your time in AMTA, you've been known both as an attorney and a witness. And it's interesting to me that, you know, all three of your non-final round All-Americans are as an attorney. Um, And you have many awards, both as an attorney and a witness. But of course, in your two final rounds, both of them, you appeared as a witness. Um, And I don't know if I have like a specific question for that. It's just kind of an interesting thing for me. And I was curious how you think about, um, you know, your role as an attorney, your role as a witness, and the fact that in the two really, really, you know, the biggest moments, the brightest lights that that you had pre-TBC final that, that you ended up going as a witness as opposed to going as an attorney.
1: Yeah, um, that is, I, <laughs> that's such a good question just because, um, I have such a, I have quite a prolific history of witnessing in final rounds, not right. necessarily am to final rounds, but in high school I was, I witnessed in a gladiator final round after oh, okay. at the semifinals last year at trial by combat. I witnessed in the right. final round, <laughs> um, I witnessed in the final round in 2022 and 2023. And now this year, um, trial by, trial by, trial by combat is the first time I've ever attorneyed in like a recorded final round before um and i really think that like is just it it really is just a product of the fact that like from the very moment i started mock trial like it was for witnessing like like I said, like the last time I talked to you guys, like I was a theater kid, like through and through before I started doing mock child. They literally pulled me from like a theater rehearsal <laughs> um, and I was a character witness like right. my first entire year. And I just I really think that love for storytelling, which I also think like affects my attorney style a lot um that love for storytelling and kind of becoming a character just has like never shifted along with the fact that like i think that like of all the kinds of witnesses in amda crying witnesses are some of the like unsympathetic witnesses are some of the hardest to pull off and like hardest to do well and like when i found out that like sympathetic was kind of like my lane when it came to witnesses in that like i tried to expert and it was literally horrible horrendous like it's so <laughs> bad um But, like, once I realized that being sympathetic was in my lane, like, for a long time, like, really, I was, like, one of the few people on the team that, like, really could pull that off super well. Like, I would say now, like, uh, Jessica and Audrey and so many people, like, can do it. But, like, especially those first two years and, like, especially in 2023, that was, like, one of the biggest things we were thinking about, just how to get, like, a super consistent, like, roster in on the side that we were going on in the final. And I think that was the consideration last year, uh, last year as in 2022. And that like, we thought that like both the witness bench and the attorney bench were like very consistent in that way. Um, like, I think that obviously we didn't have to choose a side. We didn't have our choice of side this year, right. but I think reflecting back on that round, like I think that like witnesses, they, they make or break trials. And like, I think that like, that witness lineup, along with that attorney lineup, was also very, very consistent. And I think that's why we put up a, such a good effort in the final. Obviously, I think our defense would have been good as well <laughs> um, <laughs> like i'm not saying that an offense was bad but i really do think witnesses get neglected a lot in mock trial sometimes and like the importance that they have in making your story as an attorney even believable because like i think that it, it's true that if you have a bad robin sky like it's very hard to want to believe the whole of your case mm-hmm. at all um and so i think that um at, like how i see I've i've never been like upset about witnessing in the final because i know that it's important and i love doing it um and a third reason is that like i just know that if i had to turn in the final round i would be so stressed out because i'm already like already so stressed out in a normal round yeah and like i just literally and like it's so funny because like jessica and audrey are just like cool as can be like all the time and so like in that space where like it's super high pressure i'm like you guys you guys do that like i will be happy sitting at council table shaking my head and crying a few times um (laughs) that will be my role and i think it's an important one um and like and and so that's why i never felt like oh my god i can't believe you weren't turning in the final
0: you know yeah no look i couldn't agree more with you that the like the attorney witness balance is such an interesting part of this activity. and such an interesting part of this conversation, but it is a very cool legacy to have witnessed in two final rounds and to have played such a huge role in two final rounds in that way. In addition to, of course, having such a successful career as an attorney. Um, so I appreciate you kind of, you know, going down that journey with me for just a second. Um, so let's switch gears now for just a moment and let's talk a little bit by about trial by combat. So, um, I'm I'm curious in before we get to the details of the actual trial by combat experience, right? So this was your third trial by combat. You competed virtually in 2021. Uh, you competed for it in 2022, where you advanced to semis, um, and then of course last year you win the national championship. This year you come back after you know a, a somewhat of a break in the fall, and you come very very close to winning another national championship. I don't think anyone anyone could have possibly blamed you for saying. I think i've had enough right like i think I've, I've done enough mock trial especially enough like really stressful mock trial and as someone who has coached this competition sort of the the dirty little secret of trial by combat is it's not always a ton of fun like it's a ton of fun before you like before you start and after you finish but the part in the middle sometimes sucks a little bit because it's really stressful so what was the decision around you know okay like I've been invited to return for trial by combat. I'm gonna do this a third time. I'm gonna put myself through this like one more time.
1: Yeah, I think that um I think that it is honestly, I, I've described trial by combat as like a both both a marathon and a sprint. Mm. Um whereas whereas like Nationals is like just a marathon and like in part a sprint, obviously, because there's a condensed timeline. Um but like TBC is truly a sprint and you have to do so much in such a small amount of time. But the caveat to that for me was that like the 24 hour time frame means that it only literally takes up a weekend of my life. (laughs) And so when thinking about like, if I had the bandwidth to do it post-grad, it really was one of those things where I was like, you know, at most it's going to be a weekend. It'll be a tough one. It'll be a hard one. And I honestly think that this year out of all of them was like one of the least stressful which makes sense because i just had experience with the prep before
0: yeah
1: um i think that that like calculus made was right and like it <laughs> made made sense generally um and i think that honestly the big reason too was also just because i i really did feel like i did well la- the year before but there were like certain things that just like like that made it so that like i feel like i didn't i felt like i didn't have like the best attempt, if that makes sense. And so uh, I really wanted to come back and really say that like, this is the time where I'm really going to put like my pedal to the metal and like really try to fight for it. Because I think in years previous, like being invited to trial by combat is literally like the prize in itself right everyone there is just happy to be there and like the first two years i was simply happy to be there like <laughs> i truly i truly had no expectations and was like i just want to have good mock tri- do good mock trial and like a- and have fun for a weekend and i think that like really this year i was like let's buckle down and like Obviously, child by combat is also, in my opinion, like quite a volatile um, tournament. And sometimes like even if you do well the year before, you can do like not well the year after that just because like it's so random and the prep is so hard. Um, But I really did go into it like let's really try to use what we've learned from the past two years and like really go hard this time. Obviously, like while still getting rest um, (laughs) to a degree. Um, And the last thing I'll say is just like child by combat is just like – It is hard, but at the end of the day, it is such a fun tournament. And I remember seeing a confession about this, like, like late after trial by combat this year, but like the field this year, especially like I just had so many good friends in the field and so many people that I knew. And like, it was like just such a pleasure to just like be kind of trapped in the same space, (laughs) like a little bit (laughs) because we were all in the Klein School of Law. Or the institute of trial advocacy um, for most of the weekend with like just so many people that like I know love this activity and like love the like the sportsmanship and the camaraderie that comes along with this activity as well and I think that that was something that persisted that's been true for all three years and it's another reason why I came back it's it's just a good tournament of people that are happy to be there it's like another reason why I love nationals as a tournament because like again no one has nothing to prove like being at nationals is the accomplishment. Um, and I think that was one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to come back also, um, was just because it it's, it's a fun tournament. And it's great. <laughs> and, and I and I enjoyed it. And so I'm happy that I did.
2: Well, uh, obviously, it was a pretty successful return. And I think we can all safely say that we're, we're glad that you did. Um, <laughs> I, I'm kind of curious, Travis, you know, after having made it as far as you did last year, what and you kind of mentioned that you were just kind of there because getting invited is is half the fun and I totally get that and agree um but going into your third year you kind of mentioned that you were gonna buckle down so what was different maybe before the case even came out or if it was really mostly stuff that happened once the case came out but like what do you think was different about the before the first round started uh, prep for you
1: yeah I think um I think that like the first biggest thing is that my coach Sarah Stebbins who, is the love of my life and amazing and <laughs> literally a genius. Yeah. Um, she actually had never done it in person with me ever. Um, she, it was obviously virtual the first time. And Sarah was actually sick um I'm at Child by Combat last year, but um she just called in for most of the weekend. Um, and I think one of the biggest changes was like Sarah was like, we're I'm gonna be there in person and we are going to make the most amount of use out of that. And I do think that that was like one of the things that was like, really important. Like I cannot describe to you how important it was for like Sarah to be in our hotel room and like be able to move my body like in the way that it needed to go for like whatever blocking, whatever, whatever thing that we're working on in that moment, it just made the workflow so much faster and so much easier. And I think that it had really, it had a really big impact on what I did in trial. On the other thing that changed, which like isn't necessarily like Oh, I was coming in here, like buckling down and being more serious. Um, but it was something that was different was that my second chair was different. Um, last year, it was Stella who I captained with for two years um, and who is amazing. Um, but Stella didn't actually didn't compete her senior year, which is so it's so real. It's it's <laughs> a lot. Like I said, for reasons that I said earlier, it's a lot of time. Yeah. Um, and I think. Stella was like so much help in the previous years, especially when Sarah wasn't there. But I think that um, Jessica always, Jessica was also such a big help this year. And I think it was really important that Jessica was the then captain of like of Harvard Trial previously, because I think that she had really had been working that year on like writing a lot of content and editing and making sure things are good. And like, like in, and, and critiquing and polishing, like more than, more than you would if you were not a captain, right? Um, And I think that, like, that was really, really important also. And her help was also deeply invaluable, like, so important. Um, And so I think those are the two things. And I think the last thing is honestly, like, mindset. Like, it really, I think mindset is, like, a really big thing when it comes to more trial, I'm a really big person on manifesting um, if I really, really want something. Um, and I don't think I actually manifested winning trial by combat the previous two years. No. Um, I was just like, I'm happy to go. And I actually think last year I said that like my goal, if I set a goal was like to be in the semifinals and like that's what happened. And like, so once again, manifesting maybe works, um, but maybe not. <laughs> um, <Wow. laughs> but regardless, I think that it's like, I think that manifesting is also more indicative of just the mindset that you go into mm-hmm. it. And I think that whether it's like trial by combat or nationals, the mindset that you have going in does implicate how you perform. Um, that's not to say that like, just because you say like, I want to win this tournament, you're going to win this tournament, <laughs> right?
2: Um, if only were I, that easy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? right, like I I wish it was that. Um, but I really do think that there is a degree of like, like the perspective that you had before going in like it honestly implicates like how hard you work like mm-hmm. like if you feel like you have a chance to win the whole thing like are you going to stay up that extra hour to mm-hmm. like like practice that thing cuz i've been i've been in scenarios where like we are it's round 3 and we are like 1 and 5 and it's one-to-one one, and so on friday night we're like okay we're gonna have fun Oh, <laughs> um, you know but like i and i think that's like it, like a perfect example of like mindset but if you're in that like six like like five you five and one is like you won five ballots position like you're gonna use that night to prep mm-hmm. and like maybe edit your content maybe run things maybe look at comments extra and i think that like it really does implicate, it implicated like just how I was like, I don't think I ever practiced as much like Saturday night, this Mm -hmm. drop by combat than I did like at any of the other ones, for example. Um, And I think that that extra work really did have like an impact on like what the result was. So.
2: Well, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think that people talk often about the, you know, having a chip on your shoulder and going into rounds with that kind of, you know, Confidence and attitude. I think almost anyone um, who has competed in this activity for long enough would agree with you, and I, I think that it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. But I, I just want to note before I move on. I don't. I know I didn't know, and I don't know how many other people knew. I guess that if you were in person, then people would probably notice that she's not in the room with you. But the fact that Sarah was not in person last year, and you made it to the semis. Is truly a awesome accomplishment. I I mean, you said that, and I was like, "What?" I mean, it's obviously at the end of the day, like the competitors, the one that's competing. But I think that it's pretty fair to say that having a coach there in person with you makes a big difference. I mean, I don't think that I'm going out on a limb to say that. (laughs) So the fact that you were so successful you know, with her being virtual is truly impressive. You know, I think it, it definitely makes some sense that there was a difference made by having her there in person. And I mean, Sarah had just come off of winning a championship in her own right for UCLA. So definitely a a good season for both of you and a, a powerhouse team for good reason. Um, but um, I do want to kind of start to move us forward uh, a little bit. Um, we've kind of talked about the mindset and everything that you did leading up to that uh, first round. But I want to kind of also move to that very first round because I'm aware that something happened in that first round that I think is worth mentioning. Um, and that is the fact that we had a little flip flop of the national AMTA final round where you were crossed by Rhea of UCLA. And now, mm-hmm. You were crossing Rhea of UCLA, um, so I gotta just ask first of all, what was that like? Was it you know kind of a shoes on the other foot? Like, what was that like going into that round?
1: Yeah, no, it, it's actually it, it was also it was also funny because like the the kind of cross was also quite similar mm-hmm. um ria crossed me as like a plaintiff but the whole bit right was that she was stepping into the shoes of the prosecutor as though i was the defendant at the time yeah. right and at trial by combat round one i was crossing Rhea as the defendant in this case <laughs> <laughs> so it was really really funny and like um Obviously, we hit UCLA all the time throughout the years. I've seen Rhea so many times. We scrimmaged them before nationals, and she was excellent, um, as always. And I think that this is, can be said, for virtually all trial by combat rounds, but like that round was excellent. Like um, My witness was Sam Farnsworth, who I ended up having to go against later, too. And he he was awesome as, as the Secret Service agent. So... It was really funny, <laughs> and the round was really really good. It was also I was a turning against Taj Burnett, who was directing me.
0: Yeah, that was, so you you mentioned it right there, and so I was going to get into sort of your your prelim opponents and starting to move your path. So so uh, you had that round against Taj in round one, and then you had a round against Sam Farnsworth in round four. Um, and then I know you eventually went against Michael Chandler in the semifinals. So before we get to the finals, right? As you've alluded to, and we've mentioned on the show before, TBC can be such a it's sort of a fickle tournament, right? Like it's like, you never really know quite what to expect. And, and, and it's, you know, you're always sort of walking on a razor's edge in terms of like check marks and being able to advance and trying to scrap for everything. So take us through just sort of your path this year, obviously had your witness rounds in the middle there too, but the path with playing against Taj and Sam and Michael before you eventually get to uh, the final round.
1: Yeah. Um I think that um really like the thing about trial by combat for me was always just the first thing was just like making sure that my opening was perfect. Cause I feel like that is when you're thinking about check marks, it really is so much more, in my opinion, vibe-based on part of the judge than yeah. <laughs> than scores. In that like some people like when you're giving scores like you'll try to differentiate the extent to which like they're better than each other which may make you think a little bit harder but honestly i think a lot of the check marks which honestly i think you could argue is a good thing it really is a lot of times these judges gut reactions based on how they felt right after the round yeah. and i think that the effect of having a strong clean opening that really sets up your case very well is the most important thing and i think that going into like every round in the prelims i was always thinking about my opening and how to make it better from the last time i had ran it granted i never ran my prosecution opening more than once because i ran defense three times on sunday but i it was one of the things that i was thinking about when i was going through so um i think and also really learning from like i think child by combat Anyone that tells you that when they're in a round that they're not actively listening to what other people did well and what they did poorly is not telling the truth Mm. Um, because you have to simply look at what your opponents are doing well and doing poorly so as to adapt your own content, not necessarily to copy what people are doing, but like if you see something works well, how can you include something in your case, whether that's like reading an exhibit onto the record that you didn't think about or if it was a point that someone made Um, because the turnaround is so volatile that like people are going to accidentally like include what they're hearing in rounds anyway, because people are just speaking and no one's actually truly memorized. Right. (laughs) So, um, I think, I think that that is a really big thing. And also I think on the flip side, like seeing what didn't work well, there were multiple moments throughout the weekend where I was like, Hmm things that i did, didn't go well or i saw someone else do whether i was a witness or an attorney something that i was planning on doing but i didn't think went well <laughs> um and so i take that out of my script and i don't say it um and so i think those are the big things like like across all of the rounds but i guess like if if i had to give like a like a piece by piece like all the rounds were amazing i was prosecution against Taj um and that was such such a great round like I said I crossed Ria, and again high level I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like a broken record for a lot of these rounds um <laughs> yeah um and yeah I witnessed twice something about trial by combat um if people don't know is that like if you are in the top eight of the field's which isn't that dispositive semifinals, but it is true that if you're in the top eight of the field that you witness twice on Saturday. And so I witnessed twice on Saturday, which gave me like a lot of time to practice my defense to go against Sam Farnsworth in the morning, the morning after that. um, My witness rounds were amazing. I witnessed against Ben Wallace and also Danielle Jacoby. um, And it was really fun. Just, I think like being able to have my witness rounds count as someone that really loves witnessing yeah um and i really tried to like dig deep into the characters and like try to come up with because i think that's probably the one thing that like people kind of don't get to like everyone like i think tries to learn the facts generally for their witnesses and know their affidavits and their depositions. But I think that characterization and really thinking about lines is kind of the next level. And even if it happened, like literally the hour before the round, which oftentimes it did, like me and Jessica and Sarah would sit down and I would say, this is what I'm going to respond to this on cross. And they would not just tell me like if that's good or bad for the case, but like based upon the character that we had decided we were going for, for this witness. Um, And so I think those are the important things. And like I said, those rounds were also epic. I wanna specifically shout out the round that I witnessed in between Margaret Veglin and Daniel Jacoby. Um, literally uh, I'm not even exaggerating. I finished that round and I almost started crying cause I was like, mock trial is such an amazing activity. You guys are so talented. Mm-hmm. Like that was so great. Like yeah. I cannot tell you like how much of a, like a treat it was to just like sit and watch that round and also be happy that I couldn't hit them the next day because it was <laughs> in the afternoon. Um, and then the final thing I'll say was like, um, uh, is that my ground against Sam Farnsworth was truly also amazing. And I think Sam Farnsworth is like, honestly, such a talent. I think everyone knows that because of how well Chicago has been doing, but I worked with him a lot so many times over the weekend. I witnessed, I, I, he was my witness twice and I went against him and every time he was excellent. And I think that attorney round, um, honestly, I think out of the three that day, probably because I was most sharp, like might've been one of my best ones of the day. (laughs) Um, and I think that Like I'm very excited for that tape to come out because, like, I I think that that round is like what it was. It was it was epic. I say that a lot (laughs) about lots of things, but it was epic, and that was the one word that I'll leave it at. Um, Went into semifinals. I (laughs) Sam Farnsworth was so epic early in the morning that I chose to be my witness again um, (laughs) for the semifinals in the next round, and that round was just fun. Like I think that was the best way to describe that round because I think that like. Honestly, semi-fi- semifinals for me this year were like, honestly, a hundred times more nerve wracking because I was like, oh, it would be really painful to end in the same place again, especially now that I, I feel like if you didn't, didn't make the semifinals, you know what? That's just, it's volatile. It happens like that, be like that. Um, but I feel like making semi semifinals was that first moment of like, okay, you could actually win this. And I think that having that feeling really laid on the anxiety um, for that um semifinal but I think the thing that really got me through it was one that I was doing the same case again that I did in the morning and two Michael Chandler's energy is literally just unmatched and we were really just feeding off of each other I really think that like we were I said this in my semifinal last year with Ria um but I think that we were really evenly matched when it came to energy and like like Dy- dynamism and i think that that what that's what made that round so fun michael chandler he's just so fun to watch and i think that we both we both were just like screaming at the jury you know and like i feel like those are some of the best rounds when it's very clear that at, like both competitors are truly putting in like their everything and i think it makes for some of the most entertaining rounds and also the thing that was crazy was that there were two new two new witnesses um they were new quote unquote they were written into the case but they were eyewitnesses who whose affidavits you had had and could read off of but now they were testifying witnesses in the case and my favorite thing was that i chose daniel Jacoby for um, my character witness on one side and she was hilarious she was literally so funny and i was like how dare you pull out a funny character witness in literally 30 minutes (laughs) (laughs) um that's really crazy um but it was such a fun round. Um, and I walked out of that round, honestly, like, gosh, this tournament's so good. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, uh, whatever happens happens. But, um, yeah obviously it turned out fine i like the last thing i'll say is just like there are so many other names that i of people that i saw in round that like simply were amazing um like everyone that i saw was so so good and i i don't say that as a platitude i wouldn't say that as a platitude like i genuinely do mean it and it really it was really like that first time i felt that graduating senior feeling of like wow i'm really gonna miss this activity because when it's at its best it is amazing
0: yeah no it's it's so funny right what you were saying about trial by combat right like I love I'm so glad that for the last couple of years now that Justin and Phil eventually release all of the rounds because, yeah, the finals amazing. It's always amazing. But so are like all of the other trials. You know, there, there's just such a high level of competition. And it's just such a such a cool thing that there's so such like extensive film and people can see, you know, just all of that footage of so many great trials out there. So I, I could not agree with you more on that front. Um, in a second, we're going to get to the details of the final round itself. is going to ask you some questions about that. But before we do, I do want to talk about one other thing. So you've mentioned a couple of folks who were involved in some of your rounds. You played against Michael uh, in semis. Of course, you you were against Josiah and final. Um, and you know, in each of the rounds that you had in your semifinal round, in your final round, as well as several of the witnesses, you were with many of your fellow black competitors. And so I just wanted to get your reflections on the fact, you know, I, sh- I was watching the final live. And of course, it was you and Josiah with Taj and Murray, and you went up against Michael um, just on that experience and just how that felt for you as a black competitor to have the opportunity to be in a space like that in such a prominent situation. I just am curious for your reflection on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like it is something that like I cannot I I think the fact that going into that final round, no matter what happened, there was going to be the first black winner of trial by combat was like such like a thought that like, I feel like when I started doing mock trial, like I felt like there were so many like, like things that I felt like I couldn't do or that I didn't feel as emboldened to do because the reality I feel like of being a competitor of color and like also especially like a woman of color in this in like this activity is like there like there are certain things that other competitors can do that can work for other competitors but don't work for you and it's not your fault it's the fault of like systemic oppression and like stereotypes and like a myriad of things. And I think going to trial by combat and first of all, seeing so many people like women, women of color and like people of color more generally that like have already reached enough success. So as to qualify for this tournament, like I remember looking at the list and being like, Oh wow, there's like six black people. That's, it's kind of crazy. Uh, Like even before we got to trial by combat, but I think that being there and being able to feel that was, like, even even more, like, just one of the best feelings I, I've ever felt, ever. Like, it, it genuinely, it just made me proud, not just of, like, obviously I was proud of myself, but, like, I was so proud of, like, us as a group. And, like, we took a picture afterwards also. Um, and like we had like, we have like an Instagram group chat going right now. (laughs) Um, and I think that, um, especially competing in the Northeast where I feel like, especially like New England specifically, not necessarily like all of the Northeast, but I, I mean, Harvard was like. A majority black team for most of the time that i was on it obviously we're not an hbcu or anything but like uh, like we just randomly had a lot of black people like <laughs> on the team and we would walk into providence regionals or like wherever it is and literally be like the only team with like a significant number of people of color on it in like the entire room and like i think that like that feeling of Being uh, feeling that way so many times, not just like in AMTA, but even before AMTA, like in high school mock trial where my team, I went to Inland International School. So like our team was also similarly diverse there. Um, And I, I just can't, I can't explain how it felt to be like at this tournament that is the best of the best. And like in the best of the best, there's like so many people of color. Like, I just think that that was something that I think is so inspiring for like, in that, like I would have loved to see like when I was a freshman mocker, um, honestly. Um, and I think like, I, I, and I think that like, you know, it's really funny. I chose Murray for the final because she was amazing and we were talking and discussing. And then after Josiah Jos- Jos- chose Taj, I was like, Oh, Wow. It also means the whole final round is black. That's epic. (laughs) Um, But I think it just goes to show, like, like the people, everyone that was there, like, embodied excellence. And, like, I just think it was really meaningful to, like, have so many people of color there that also embodied excellence as well. Because, like I said, like, first thing I said, like, I think there's barriers to that. Um, And to have to have like surpassed those I know for me feels like damn good. And I know like it felt that way and I'm sure it felt that way for a lot of my other competitors too. So
2: so I, I don't want to get too much into this mostly because I don't believe in entertaining the fact that mock trial confessions exists, but I just wanted to to mention, I'm sure you know what I'm referring to that there was a mock trial confession about the fact that this was an all black final round and being proud of the success and I think majority of you all have commented and, and discussed that and there was some rhetoric that got discussed about why that shouldn't be happening, but I just I think that it is it's important to to be congratulatory of these moments in an activity that is predominantly white, um and as you so eloquently said Travis i think often favors um male presenting and and white competitors and to see um so many people defy that and and succeed at such a high level i think is an amazing accomplishment and is just honestly awesome for our community so uh, i i mean i, I it goes without saying, but it was a really, really cool thing to see, and I'm I'm excited for the fact that this generation of up and coming uh, mock trial competitors that are first years, second years, that are you know going to be rising through the ranks when they watch the best mock trial round on an individual level this year. It was an all black round. I think that's really cool and really special. Um, So to get to that final round, though, um, one other thing that happened that I think is is worth noting um, was a particular witness that was added in that final round. And uh, so for those that don't know, um, Justin Bernstein, the esteemed uh, host of Trial by Combat, um, witnessed in that final round and... You, Travis, got a chance to cross Justin Bernstein, which um I gotta think was a a very interesting experience. Um, and I, I I, in addition to just what was that like, but also, Give me the behind the scenes. Like, was there anything from Sarah of like, oh my gosh, you're living my actual dream to get to cross <laughs> my coach? Like, I just have to imagine that happened. Um, but what was that like for us?
1: Uh, well, it's funny because Sarah <laughs> Sarah was like, I've done this many a time and don't do anything stupid. <laughs> it was kind of Fair. more for thing. Um as in like it like I I'd known Justin, like I did gladiator, right? So I'd known Justin right. since I was a junior in high school um and he's always been someone that like i felt like i've looked up to and like obviously he's been older than me but like has ran these tournaments that like are important to me and i felt like was important in mock trial and has like such like important legacy in mock trial and then for him to be like okay you're crossing me was a little bit like ah, Um, it was a little scary at first because i was like oh my gosh like i have to do this well like it's literally crossing me justin bernstein um and it, then when we went back, it was really funny how Sarah was like, yeah, Justin, like, will give you an answer that you don't like if you don't answer, if you don't ask the right question. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's a good skill to develop. Right. Like some wit- like witnesses, like in the real life, I feel like and in mock trial, like they do oftentimes like give you answers that you don't want. I thought there were actually multiple times in that cross where you can see, I asked a question that was like a little bit too broad and Justin like tried to run all over me a little bit. Um, and as he should, like as a witness. Right. And, um, it was, and I think in that moment it was, uh, it was just like a fun funny, quirky thing, I feel like, to add to the final round on top of, like, the general pressure of being there, um, was that, like, I didn't just have to cross, like, this witness that I had never, on top of that, the witness was one that had not been crossed, and it wasn't the same witnesses at the semifinal, it was a brand new witness completely, it was the forensic examiner, whereas the previous rounds, it was the two eyewitnesses.
2: Well, I was just going to say, I I think that the, the kind of only other person that knows that experience of getting to you kind of getting thrown this new witness and that witness being Justin Bernstein is of course your counterpart Josiah and you know, Josiah had the, the, you know, also probably equally daunting task of directing Justin, but I just kind of wanted your thoughts, you know, taking a step back from uh, the round, just going against Josiah. What did you think of the round? How did you think Josiah did? Um, what were your thoughts, before and and after before you found out the results but just of the round in general
1: so um it was really funny going into the weekend you know sarah and jessica we were talking like who do we not want to hit like who are we really scared of like who do we want to avoid if at all possible and josiah's name was always said (laughs) um in fact um because of just how the pairing system works um tbc is very side locked because you can only do one side once and because of the pairings that we had i think first or second round like i knew that i could not hit josiah round four and i specifically remember turning to sarah and seeing that pairing and being like yeah don't have to hit josiah or marae now in round four (laughs) um so that being said i came into the weekend like knowing that Josiah was incredible because I had seen like a few, a little bit of tape of him in the past. Um, just because we know each other and like, I think he like might've been Rookie Rumble or something. And like, like, he was like in a video for Rookie Rumble. And I remember, I remember being like, he is such a storyteller and that's my thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember thinking like this round is going to be amazing Because I feel like both sides are going to be telling a story and in like the best way possible. And I think that that was really, really true about that final. Like, I got to be so honest. I was sweating in the final. I was like, it was round three. Um I was doing the same side but things were different. I was a little bit tired. I hadn't had like enough Red Bull, I don't know, but I was sweating in that final round just I think because of all the pressure. Um and I remember just thinking like wow, like this is really evenly matched. Like I cannot like I cannot slack up for one second because Josiah is so interesting to listen listen to and like his case was so clear and well constructed. Um and I think that, like, there there was a reason why he was in the finals, and I think it's because of all of those things. And I remember going, finishing that, and, like, it's really funny when, like, Phil says my name. Like, I, I look genuinely surprised. Like, I, I really do, because I, I, I genuinely would not have been shocked if Josiah had won that round, because he was so talented. Um, and it's scary that he's a junior and will be that talented next year. So, scared for everyone else, but... <laughs> I'm glad I will not have to hit Josiah ever again um, as a competitor. Um, But again, like, I can't emphasize, like, how much of a pleasure it was. And also, he's just so sweet and, like, is so kind. And we had just such good camaraderie before, during, and after the final, like –
2: and like even before that, um, like it, it was just amazing. Well, Travis, you, you have somehow perfectly laid up my next question, which I don't know if you anticipated it, but I'm sure some of our listeners were, which is that at that moment when Phil says your name, of course, this was a split decision. And of course, it was four to
1: three. And of course, it was by one check mark, the two thousand and twenty-three trial by combat national champion
2: is Travis Harper. You know, you spoke a little bit earlier about manifesting, but what was that feeling like? I mean, this is pretty much the only accomplishment that you could possibly have left in this activity that you've had so much success in, but you've kind of reached the absolute individual success that you can reach in. And what was that feeling like for you?
1: Yeah. um, I love mock trial. Like I think if that wasn't obvious from all the things that I've said before. (laughs) I've, I love Mock Trial and I think that like, it really has been like such a labor of love for all of these years. And I think in that moment, it just felt so deeply culminating. Like I literally just thought about like all of like the hard things that had happened, like all of the times we had lost and like all the times like where things felt really difficult or like we were in arguments with people on the team or like last year when like I lost at semis, like all of these like things that I remember at the time felt really, 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 bad because I love this activity so much and it hurt to feel like so disappointed. Like I remember, and I told Justin and Phil this afterwards too, like it just all felt worth it in that moment. And like, that was like the, the biggest thing that I could think of was like, I really wasn't sure if coming back and competing my senior year at all was the right decision. Um, that's partially why I took some time off to see what it would be like to be away from the team. And obviously I ended up coming back because you know, I can't, can't keep you away for too long. <laughs> yep, but
0: like We know that.
1: <laughs> uh, um, but I think I really was. And I think especially after um, like the orcs thing happened, I was like, gosh, like, was all of this worth it? It was like the hours spent during my senior year, like the things that I missed my senior year, like the dances and the galas and the parties that I missed my senior year, were they worth it? And I really just, it really was, it felt worth it in that moment. I think that was such a beautiful, like, beautiful feeling. And, like, I think I was just so thankful also just for the people that supported me because, like, I genuinely could not have done it without, like, a core of people like Jessica, who was sitting next next to me, like, not just, like, at Trial by Combat, but Jessica as a competitor on the team for the past two years. Like, Like, I couldn't have done anything without her. Like, Sarah, like, my parents. Like, I just... I just felt such an immense sense of gratitude and like, finally I'll say I felt such an immense sense of gratitude for the community also, because I feel like people were happy to see me win. Um, Which like, I think is even more of a better feeling. Um, And I feel like, and I feel like that was something that like really was meaningful to me because I'm someone that I feel like I care about like impact and like how I make people feel and like, I think that knowing the personal connections and relationships I had with so many people and feeling so like I f- feeling so like loved in that moment by not just the people like that are immediately in my life, but like this community was just something that like I don't know, I just can never you know, I say winning nationals was like the best moment of my college experience. And if honestly I hadn't have graduated already, I would have said that maybe child like winning childlike combat was like like tied, but now I can say they're in different categories. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was it was a really special moment. And I'm just like, very thankful for this activity always. And that is the one thing that I just kept thinking about.
2: You know, Travis, as you were saying, the the fact that people were, were rooting for you, it it made something occur to me. And first of all, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think that I know that a lot of people were rooting for you and it's because you're just such a likable person in this activity. And I mean, I think hearing you talk about it, you can, you can hear that in your voice and it makes you someone that's easy to root for. But I think that I just wanted to note, I mean, it's, it's not easy to be rooted for coming out of Harvard and winning, you know, the national championship the year before being a runner up. I I feel like, in, in 99% of situations, that person be like, "Okay, I've had enough of this Travis kid winning everything." Like, they want to root for the underdog, and I mean, I think that Josiah Jones had his his corner. Don't get me wrong, but um, I, I think that you're this weird situation of like a favorite that people were really pulling for, and I think that a lot of it comes from everything that you're expressing right now. And I just I hope people hear that and and see it as motivation of, you know, you can be amazing and still be loved if you just give love back. And I think that that's really cool and really special. I just wanted to highlight that.
1: That's so cute. Like, okay, I'm so sorry. That is like totally something I would say, Drew. Like I, you said at the <laughs> I got like, you, buddy.
2: I, I got you. <laughs>
1: I totally. I totally agree. And like, you know, like, I remember like literally my fr- my freshman and sophomore year, I People thought I was saying it as a joke, but when I was captaining, I would say Spamta to me is the most important. Like, like especially when we were like I was captaining a team of all freshmen and like we had no expectations. I was like, I just want to feel like we like made some friends, you know. And I think that's really been my perspective on the activity for so long. So,
0: yeah, no, look, we we talk about that on the show pretty often. That like mock look mock trial has its challenges. Without without a doubt, there are there are tough moments. Everybody has them. They come in different shapes and sizes. But I I think to wrap this episode up, Travis, right, you've, you've kind of already started to reflect a little bit on the activity as a whole, but I'm just curious. And I've been sitting here as I was listening to you talk and listening to Drew talk, trying to formulate what this question is. And, And I guess I think the best way to ask it is, you know, you have such an interesting perspective on this activity. You really competed in like, you, you really spanned the gamut of one of the most tumultuous periods in, you know, obviously Humanity, but also like in my mock trial community with the, the, you know, COVID shortened year and the virtual year and your championship year and this year and everything like that. And what is it about this activity? What is it about mock trial that makes it worth it? regardless of whether you, you know, you win, obviously you've had the good fortune to win a lot, but like, regardless of that, like, what is it about this that makes it worth the effort and the missing things you wanted to do and the late nights and and all of those things that, that actually makes it something that we each all, you know, somehow keep coming back to?
1: Oh, what a question. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 I hate to sound like a broken record, but I really think that You know the law is like i think the law in general and trials are such a people activity like the law does not exist like absent of people and trials do not exist absent of people and i think that if you ask a lot of lawyers why they're like criminal defense attorneys for example like they're going to say because they care about people and like changing people's lives because like in every case and in every trial there's like a story and a person behind it and i think that for me that manifested in not only the people I was competing against and competing with, but like there was something always so beautiful about trying to highlight like the the story behind what we were talking about and behind the case and the ethics of what's behind the case. And I think that like, like you said, like, sure, like we've won a bunch, but like, I also think that we have had some pretty serious losses too, like over the past few years, like I have placed at a total of like one or two invitationals, like my entire time as a Harvard Marshall Hall competitor. Um, and oftentimes we didn't have a winning record at invitationals. Um, and like, I think that at the end of the day, like what always brought me back was just that feeling that is so indescribable when you're telling a story and you know that people are in it and you know that people are with you, whether that's the other team, whether it's you, your attorney witness combo, whether that's the judges, like, I think the best part, the best kinds of mock trial is when everyone is really committing, committing, and like, not suspending disbelief entirely, right? Because like, whatever, we all know that this is fake. But like, that degree of like, those moments where like, you get so into a closing where like, you almost forget that this wasn't like a real case (laughs) or like, (laughs) or you feel so strongly that the defendant is like not guilty, actually truthfully after hearing everything like that feeling, I think is what brought me back. Um, And I think again, like I would be remiss without mentioning again, like just the people like I love Harvard mock trial. Like those are some of my best friends. Um, And like, older siblings and mentors while also my children at the same time. Um, And I think that it's been so beautiful just to be able to like use mock trials a way just to connect with people. Um, And I think that like whatever my involvement is with mock trial after I graduate, even if it's not as a competitor, it will be like very people focused and like still trying to like can use this activity to connect with like people that love it because like we all are just addicted to that intoxicating feeling of, you know, telling stories and being in the courtroom.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that's the the perfect way to encapsulate this. I don't really have anything else to add. So I'm really grateful uh, to you for sharing your thoughts, sharing, you know, just sort of your general journey. And of course, just for for taking time to chat with us. We we're really appreciate it. So congratulations again on TBC and just a really remarkable, you know, mock trial career. And and thank you again for for making time to come on the show.
1: Oh my gosh. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. And like, again, like love the podcast. I've been watching (laughs) since the first episode. I was a high schooler. (laughs) I hadn't even started empty yet. Um, And I was like, there's a podcast. (laughs) And it's all been downhill from there in a good way.
2: (laughs) Thanks
0: again, Travis yeah of course it was great having you on thanks everyone for listening uh we really appreciate it as always until we're in your feet again this has been the mock review with ben and Julian.